Live from the Motor City, all the way to the Volunteer State, it's time for the Reckless Speculation Podcast, where we recklessly speculate the latest news in the world of sports. From college football to NASCAR, we've got you covered. And don't forget to stick around for the world-famous Bet Your Nuts, where we will give you your best bets to make the most money. Now sit back, grab your favorite drink of choice, and join Robbie Davis, Raj Mehta, Brandon Chain, and Tom Sloan. It's showtime! Welcome, everyone, to Reckless Speculation. Um, Today is December the 6th. We're recording this. Hopefully, you guys are watching live. If not, you can always get us on the podcast or anywhere things can uh, find, anything where you can find a podcast. Um, We are joined to, here we go, Reckless Speculation Podcast on YouTube. That is our new variation of our channel so please like follow and subscribe um we have the reckless speculation podcast on facebook instagram and on tiktok at reckless speculation pod the number one um on x formerly known as twitter at reckless specule one um and so please follow us and like and subscribe we really do appreciate it um, before we get into the introductions, if you uh, saw the the intro live, you'll see that we have our guest Michelle with us tonight. Tonight, so we're lucky to have her. But we're going to do a quick little brief thing with our sponsors. If you would like to become a sponsor, then uh, please contact us, and we'll be happy to get you on. But we're, first, we're powered by C and W Construction out of Nashville, Tennessee, the Greater Nashville area. They handle everything from full builds, remodels, decks, pools, anything that you need done to your house, quality construction. Um, We are also brought to you by the law firm Davis Kessler and Davis, which I am an attorney there. And uh, I promise I am better behaved in the courtroom than I am on this podcast, but um, nonetheless, Please, if you ever need any kind of personal injury needs or criminal defense, please feel free to contact us. And now, without further ado, uh, Tom, welcome. Good evening. How you doing, Robbie? Hey, I am fine. Wednesday evening, doing well. Um, Brandon, how about yourself? Doing well, doing well. Uh, good to get everyone back here uh, for a, a nice little convo on this college football fiasco yeah i would i would welcome raj but i know better because it's on we're on time so uh i will welcome michelle good to see you guys again thank you so much for having me back yes thanks for being on here um so before we get into well let's talk so you know it's wednesday we're filming this we've had since sunday to digest the big college football news um you know, we're not going to spend all that much time on it because it's been talked about a lot. We have done a reckless speculation preview and reaction or prediction and reaction. Uh, Michelle, I have seen uh, your social media. And so tell some of our viewers what you think about the Final Four and what happened. 
So I think excluding Florida State from the college football playoff is disgusting and it goes against everything that is great about college football, which is Florida State made the very hard and wise decision to schedule LSU early, won that game. That should have mattered. Florida State, let's start with even before the season began, Florida State is a team full of kids who could have gone to the NFL and returned to play because they wanted a chance to win a national title. Not just Jordan Travis, it includes Jordan Travis, of course, but other guys who are spectacular. And this team also overcame the injury of Jordan Travis. They won two games. I think everybody talking about how bad Florida is, is really downplaying what a hard environment the swamp is. That was a tough win. They go out. You don't, have to, you don't have to tell me how hard the swamp is. Tennessee loses every time. It's tough, right? Yes. No matter how bad Florida is, the yeah. swamp is a hard place to play. And they won there in a, in a tough game. They won the ACC championship game against Louisville. and, and With a third-string quarterback. With a third-string quarterback. By the way, they were going to get Tate Rotemaker back for the, the playoff game if they would, were to make it that far, but – it's just disgusting to me. It's truly disgusting. I can't get over it. I'm never going to be over it. I might die mad about it. No matter what happens, honestly, no matter what happens in the Michigan-Alabama game, a lot of people have said, if you're a Michigan fan and you're upset about Florida State, it's just because you're afraid of Bama. Whatever. We're the one seed. They're the four seed. I don't care about Bama. I really think Florida State got screwed, and I'm going to stay mad. And I went back and forth about this. One thing, did the committee make themselves like just did they immerse themselves in this controversy by the week before moving Florida State from five to four? Because they were out two weeks ago. Then they were back in and all they did was win. And then they're back out again. Yeah. No, I think the committee really set themselves up for failure. I think they fell into the trap that we kind of all fell into by just assuming what the outcome of these conference championship games was going to be, right? We all thought it was probably going to be Oregon, not Washington in that picture. That wouldn't have changed. Mm -hmm. though. I think the Pac-12 had a seat regardless. But I think virtually everyone assumed that Georgia would beat Alabama, mm -hmm. myself included. Um, I was sort of praying for the chaos just to see what they would do because I, there was, I guess, like the most naive and best part of me thought that there might actually be a chance that they'd exclude the SEC. Um, and I don't know if I don't know if you watched our previous show. I, I Raj was, and I were rooting for it. <laughs> I was just I was adamant that that just wasn't going to happen, partly because, and we're going to get into this. It's a TV show and. I read somewhere where they said projected ESPN is going to save itself $150 million, what they could have lost without Alabama in there. So, but, but before we get to that, Brandon, you, uh, well, none of you guys like the SEC, but I'll start with you. Uh, what if UGA wins? Does Texas jump floor state or was it that, that win over Alabama now, is that what leapfrogged Texas over Florida State? I think so. I don't think Texas – I mean, they're sitting there at seven at this point, and 
if UGA wins, it's chalk, you know, we're business as usual. Um, it's, it's those four teams. There's no change. The committee has an easy layup here and there's no way. The only reason Texas got in because you can't put Alabama over Texas, right? Yeah. Because they won the head to head and there's so much emphasis on head to head in the committee's eyes, you know, what we think they say, you know, that's the funny thing about this whole ordeal is it, it's so gray. It's like I, I do construction for a living and I deal with inspectors. Right. And there's written codes that you have to go by, but they're all gray area up to interpretation of the inspector. Right. This is the same thing for the committee. It's, whether it's the best four teams or whether you're going by strength of schedule or your latest win or like they can sit in a room and do whatever they want and make up any excuse they want. Yeah. But no, Texas would have not been in there if Georgia won. Yeah. And so and this brings up an interesting point. Uh, Tom, I'm going to ask you this question. Florida State didn't benefit from scheduling LSU. They didn't benefit from their annual game against Florida. What they got penalized, not for what mm-hmm. they did, or what they did not do. They got penalized because Alabama and Texas played. Because mm-hmm. if, if they don't play this year, Florida state's in and Alabama's in. I, there's a good chance. There's a good chance. And uh, coach Norvell pretty much nailed it. And I, I love the fact that he didn't mince words with his statements. You know, he was very, um, very colorful, we'll say, um, the, using the phrases disgusting and, and things of that nature. Um, and they said it as much. He said, you know, we did everything we had to do. We overcame every obstacle. Um, you know, never mind the fact that, like we, like Michelle said, the third string quarterback, um, a top 20 Louisville team offensively held the six points in the championship game. You know, you want to talk about um, the committee or Boo Corrigan, who I think is the biggest fraud, uh, makes yeah. a claim that the quarterback play uh, just wasn't there. I- I'm as big of a Michigan fan as you'll find. And and there was a comparison. Uh, quarterback play since uh, Jordan Travis' injury compared to J.J. McCarthy. Better. Florida State had better numbers, yeah. um, albeit Mi- Michigan, their their offensive kind of focus was more uh, on the run game, and J.J. really didn't have to uh, win the game per se. But uh, if you're making making that claim, and then these stats come about, it, it's just it's unfair. And um, I, I just think it's – and I agree with Michelle, it, it, it's wrong – in nine previous years, they said Power Five conference champion is going to get in, and not only were they a Power Five conference champion, they were thirteen and zero. So, um, there's definitely a lot of wheeling and dealing going on, and and I believe ESPN was involved in the whole situation. Yeah, and we're going to get to that. Well, yeah. and, and uh, so like I've witnessed Alabama win a championship having a different quarterback from the first half to the second half when Tua came in. So the premise that, 
oh, your quarterback's hurt, it's going to in in make you less of a team three weeks from now doesn't really hold water. We've seen it with Cardell Jones. We've seen it with Tua and Jalen Hurts, them flip-flopping. Michelle just talking about, like, how how much better can a team be from now till January? So much better, right? Like, you get a little bit of in-game experience, which Rotomaker got in one of the hardest environments in college football, as we know. I mean, to, to return to the swamp, right? Like, yeah. he went and won there. Uh, with additional time, I think he can really learn the offense better. Like, it's just so disingenuous. And also, like, Florida State was pretty dependent on the run. Like, if you look at Trey Benson, he was a really key part of that offense. And as far as I know, he's still healthy, right? You make the comparison to J.J. McCarthy, and it's like Michigan beat Penn State running the ball. J.J. didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, they should be disqualified. (laughs) Like, like I could have been quarterback for the second half of Penn State, um, so it's I just find it so disingenuous and further evidence that what they really wanted to do was just make sure the SEC didn't get left out. Yeah, well, and we just saw it on Monday Night Football in the NFL. That Browning kid, I've never even heard of him, and he just lit up Jacksonville, like you know, like, Washington. Yeah, yeah. Back up. Oh, that, he did play it there. So, yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, backup quarterbacks can play. Um, all right, Brandon. Well, and then, oh, and then real quick, ahead, not to interrupt. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it was Booger McFarland on ESPN's coverage on Sunday morning. Kind of got into it with uh, Dan Orlovsky, who's uh, famously known for running out of the back of the end zone at, uh, at the Detroit Lions. Um uh, he's making the claim, Orlovsky's making the claim that, you know, they you can't put Florida State in because Jordan Travis was most of that team. Um, but Booger made a, made a really good point, and normally I don't agree with that guy. I'm not a fan. But he said, so let's take this and flip it in the NFL scenario. Chiefs are getting ready to go to the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes gets hurt. Do you keep the Chiefs out of the playoffs because Patrick Mahomes is hurt? You know, what's the difference here? And, um, of course, they, they, they were back and forth. Uh, neither one of them agreed with each other. But, you know, it's a, it's that situation. You you take and make the claim that they're not the same team because one player is out. What does that say to the 109 other kids that are on that sideline um, and the other kids that went and won the ACC championship? I think it's just a slap in the face for, for the whole program. Well, I did find it ironic that Greg McElroy was on ESPN talking about oh. how you can't win a championship with subpar uh, quarterback <laughs> play, and that's exactly how he has a college football championship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's. I true. do like Greg. It's, that was that was just just ironic. Uh, it's so such a TV show and so political. Like, I mean, they. That's all I said. They, there's so many gray areas. They can use whatever as a scapegoat so uh, all right brandon well let's no pun intended get to the elephant in the room um espn and the sec network they are partners um they have the broadcast rights for the college football playoffs um we i talked about the money earlier how much they're set to win now disclaimer espn also owns the acc network but that's like me owning a Porsche and me owning a bicycle is part <laughs> what you're taking care of better. 
So what did this relationship, if anything, have to do with what happened in the committee room? Everything. A hundred percent everything. Like they they can so you're here. all in on ESPN controlled this decision. Yeah. It's it's Michelle it's not politics, again. it's politics and never money. been more convinced of anything. <laughs> this is a TV show, it's politics and money, and they finally got caught with their pants down because we all knew with a 14 playoff, eventually this was gonna come to head, right? Eventually it was. And th- then what were they gonna do? when you had this kind of situation and they show their cards, it's all about money and politics. It has no, and they can't say put the best four teams in because that's only half right on this four teams. Right. And then, you know, we're all talking about Florida. What about Georgia? I feel yeah. sorry for Georgia right yeah. now. Like what the, what happened to them? Yep. They were number one all year. And now they lose one game at the end of the season and they don't even get to number four. Like that's where you drop... see the inconsistency in the narrative, right? Is exactly. everybody wants to come back and say, well, we never said it was the most deserving. Even I, I feel like they, they tried to hedge a little bit by coming out with a statement before this happened saying most deserving is not in our lexicon. It's always the best for, but then if you exclude Georgia, you're it's not the best for. Right. Yeah, is one of the four best teams in college football. Anybody who understands college football knows this. So mm-hmm. there's just still inconsistency. It's yeah, like trying a hybrid yeah. of deserving and best, and both are are really receiving a disservice. Well, and, it, and, and I'll take it a step further. I still think if you're talking just best four, I still think Oregon's in there. Like they Oregon just played a team that's a bad matchup for them twice. Like if this is a 12 team playoff, or Oregon can get hot and win this thing. I mean, not get hot. They can just not play Washington. I think they know. could beat Texas. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Texas is one of the best four teams. I don't think so either. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree with that too. Um well, I, I've got yeah, I would I would put Oregon and Ohio State in there before Texas. It's almost lucrative. Yeah. So, so for both of you guys, how much is this TCU Georgia game last year to blame for the decision Sunday? Because while they say they don't take, I mean, those ratings plummeted, and that's got to be if it. They did, but there was there was not any issue with TCU last year getting in i mean they they were deserving of it you know what i'm saying i this year they ran into trouble and they're trying to pull both sides of the fence here i mean they're they're trying to say best schedule best team versus you know uh quarterbacks gonna take you out of the game you know bullshit and i don't think last year had any implication on how they reacted this year. This year was strictly like we're screwed. Um, let's go with where we can get the most money. Yeah. So, Honestly, so- a lot of people have cited the TCU game against Georgia as a reason to exclude Florida State. And I think the TCU game against Michigan is a reason to include Florida State because it shows that an underdog can actually win a college football playoff game. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of joked about this in some of my statements on Twitter, but like 
if you just assumed that Michigan would have blown out Florida State, you don't you haven't seen Michigan in a playoff game. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what they do. Well, and and you look at every other sport. There are there only four teams? No. There are way more teams. Like it is a playoff. Four teams is I mean, that's a commodity that, you know, money picks. Uh, I wish I could remember this guy's name. He was a call-in show for uh, – he, he called in to one of these shows, and he was like, what What we are seeing is – he's like – he compared the college football playoff. This idea is like your friend that's in this bad relationship, and you're like, don't do it, don't do it. And they get married, and like now we're at the divorce stage. Like you, it finally has been like, boom goes the dynamite. Now the divorce is happening, and they're going to twelve. Uh, Tom, you so shout out to I think it was a call from Denver actually. Uh, shout out to whoever he was. So Tom, you have been all over the ESPN SEC conspiracy, going all the way to Herb Streets. The helmets in the background. How mm-hmm. deep do you think it goes? Well, there was some reports that came out that said uh, they knew and that this has been planned uh, for several days to not include Florida State. Um, so if you go back a week prior, the helmet uh, placement was basically the four that were there the week prior. So. Uh, interesting enough that supposedly the only person that that was going to know the results was the the graphic man. Yeah. Um, which, come on, come on. Anything Reese Davis says is is complete uh, mumbo jumbo, if you ask me. He's um, reading he, it off the teleprompter. Alabama grad, <laughs> Alabama grad, boom, right there. Um, uh, McElroy, Alabama grad. So. Um, and I do agree the financial implications of an SEC school being in the playoff compared to not being in the playoff is massive, especially yeah. going into next year where ESPN has exclusive rights. So uh, yeah. I just think between that and uh, Boo Corrigan's uh, nonsensical explanation as to why Florida State was left out, and that was it. I mean, there was no further – we don't know who voted for who – and uh, one thing I talked about the other day was um, Boo Corrigan represents NC State, who is in the ACC, along with three other uh, representatives in the ACC on that committee, uh, which I found it very interesting that four of the, I believe there's 11, all are ACC representatives, and yet they keep their ACC champion out. Uh, very interesting. It, and that kind of leads more to my thinking that ESPN had a lot more to say than, than what we really know. Well, well, and I'll they're say, probably yeah. outvoted and got a couple million dollars on the side. That's yeah. Well, and so, so one, so I will say this. So pay that we, man his we, money for, for this show who, you know, we're doing it for, you know, just kind of our side, just for we're fun. speculating recklessly. Yeah, we, <laughs> pre- we prepare, we do we it for the viewers, a general outline of what we're going to talk about. Michelle, you're an attorney. Is there any way you think that Boo is getting out there on national TV for the first time and just being like, oh, yeah, let me answer, ask, answer these questions they're asking? 
Like their prep, they've got their talking points. There is a lot more because jobs are on the line. Like it's not, they're not learning this for the first time on live TV. No, right? Absolutely not. No, he was, t- prepped, he was prepped last week on what to say. Yeah. I truly believe that. Well, you would never have a client be like, oh, yeah, just walk out on TV. and Oh, no need to talk about your deposition before. Just just yeah. go in there and tell yeah. the truth. Just go out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just do it. We believe in you. <laughs> no, not a chance. He was totally prepped. This is, if there's anything we've learned from this college football playoff fiasco, it's that this is all a media product. And like, we're the idiots for thinking that it's about the game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're yeah. A hundred percent. It's, it's gotten to be too much of a TV show. Like I used to love college football for the passion and the kids that, you know, play and fight and, you know, that last game. Now you got all these transfers and NIL and, you know, opting out of the bowl game, like to just make it to a bowl game used to be mean something, right? Like you made it to a bowl, like you're playing in the cotton bowl and or whatever. And it's like, well, now it's like stupid. And, and, and the pairing, right? So they paired Florida state with Georgia with mm-hmm. the hopes Georgia beats the doors off of them. And like, Oh, see, we told you so. And so Let's Georgia, put them in Florida. So yeah. Florida State can't go undefeated, and it's a bigger like, Oh, see, we did the right thing. Like they could have paired but, them with. But know, here's like, the thing: like half of Georgia's players probably won't even play. They're probably going to opt out of that game. Georgia's yeah. still better, but <laughs> their second team's probably still better. Yeah. But I'm just saying. Yeah. No. You know, uh, it, well, it could uh, be close. So it's the same thing in Ohio State. Uh, I mean. There's a lot of players. No one has officially opted out yet, but yeah. But I mean, the, the line that, started in our favor. Now we're we're plus one and a half. Right? The the second part of that statement was going to be they did that, hoping George beats them, but it could backfire tremendously. If oh, if Florida State then says we just beat who you said was number one all year long, but it's relative to is the full team playing right? Yeah. Like yeah. all these, all these side games now with, if you don't have your full squad and people are opting out, like it's, it's actually nothing. It means nothing. It uh, they're almost means. exhibitions for the next season. It's stupid. Yeah. It's so stupid. Tryouts yeah. for these kids. Uh, Michelle, we have a legal question that we wanted to ask. Uh, anything FSU can do. We've heard, uh, I know there's some Congress, some senators are trying to hold congressional hearings, but that's going to go nowhere. <laughs> That's just and politics. part of the budget. Part of the DeSantis budget, yeah, uh, included a one million dollars to for legal funds to uh, go against the committee, the College Football yeah. Committee. But Michelle, anything uh, in realization that could happen? So I believe me, because you know how mad I am about this. Yeah. I thought about any legal remedy that might be available to them. And I just think there's too much discretion baked in. I don't know that they have any sort of formal contract with the college football playoff committee as an entity where they could argue any sort of breach. 
I mean, maybe there's an intentional interference with a potential economic opportunity, but, but honestly, no court, well, the only hope they have, I thought about this too, is that if you, is the venue hope. Yeah. yeah. You file that in the right court, <laughs> you might make it past a motion to dismiss, <laughs> even if it's not. Yeah, even if it's dumb, just time up in court. Because we all know what we all know is you can sue anyone for anything. Um, the question is how far you get, but I don't know. The right judge. (laughs) No, no, it's it's the right appellate court. Is that's you got to get to the court and then the right judge and then the appellate court to just at least okay. Oh, we'll take time. Hear me out. You could get an injunction from a judge right. who's like diehard seminal and he doesn't care. He's on the way out. He's going to go retire yeah. and work at Jag or jams. Yeah. And he could maybe he could issue an injunction with regard to the playoff before an appeal could be heard. No, that's what, well, that's what I'm saying is if you it's get reckless speculation, right? I mean, you need the right judge and the right court of appeals to be like, Okay, we're gonna hold off on. We're gonna keep the injunction in play, while we're gonna keep keep we'll keep the injunction valid while we brief it. But do it at the right time, and then there's not enough time for an appeal, and then the injunction stands. Um, (laughs) That so basically the uh, consensus is uh, money and uh, politics ruin everything. And (laughs) pray that you have a favorable judge who will not recuse himself. And yeah. it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah, you know. I, I'm, I'm with you, Michelle. Absolutely. I thought about this too, and I was like, there, I mean, because you're, I mean, I don't, obviously, we don't, we haven't seen any kind of the contracts or the membership language, but you're a member, you signed off on this committee. There's absent just something, and even if you got a stay or an injunction to delay the games, it's, Delaying the inevitable and then probably setting yourself up for, I don't know. So what about the monetary side of that? Like with all the deals and everything, like, could you not file something on like loss of, you know, value or some, something in that nature? Either a breach of contract or some sort of other legal duty owed. And I cannot think of either one of those pathways that seems viable. And I think there's enough discretion afforded to the committee. And honestly, the real death knell for Florida State, in my view, was that enumerated criteria that allows the committee yeah. to consider injuries. That's the death knell where I that, think that was the gray area of finality that they they said it only happens on this final decision. It was enough. You're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. it's still wrong, but it's discretionary enough, and it's it's. But that was a loophole that they wrote, and everyone signed off on before we even got to this point, right? Yeah. Absent somebody from the committee coming out and saying, "Hey, ESPN said we have to do this." Yeah. 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 This is. It's just. It's just. You know. Just know. makes me so mad. I still think like you these, probably, it's so many loopholes. You can put together stupid. enough of a complaint to get the right judge to do something, but I think you could be loud, but you would never 
never really do anything with it. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's one of those. Uh, yeah. Do, do you rock the boat? Like, like, is this like, yeah. let's, let, if, if it was somebody like, let's How say deep are your pockets that you want to take it and keep it in the headlines and keep rolling with it. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Attorneys are expensive. Robbie lives in fancy house. He's got houses <laughs> everywhere. He's got a yacht and shit. And, you know. Yeah. You're the one golfing with country music writers today. Yeah. So don't, don't go there. Um, but I feel, I feel a few things. Before before we get into how much lawyers make, let's talk about the games themselves. Uh, Let me turn on my fireplace that's by yeah, my desk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, are you sitting uh, outside? Are you cold? No, I just have a fireplace by my desk. It's yeah. God, you should keep I her don't have one in my office. Uh, Tom, let's talk about the actual matchups. Michigan undefeated all year long against the big bad Crimson Tide. What are you looking for? Well, how do you think the teams match up? Because we're going to get into predictions later, but just matchups. What do you? How do you think they match up? Defensively, I think they they're 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 pretty good. Uh, I would say that's a really good matchup. Uh, running game similar. I think the difference you're going to see in this game is. Milrow's ability to throw the long ball uh, and maybe some speed, receiver speed. Um, we haven't really seen J.J. have to uh, win games with his arm. Uh, do I think he's capable of doing that? I, I do. I don't know if Michigan has the, the, the power specifically at the receiver position. They're a little, they're a little small at receiver. Uh, so this is this is a game where he's going to have to rely heavy on the tight end and really get uh, I think uh, Donovan Edwards a, uh, a little bit more action out of the backfield. But um, I, I you hear everybody uh, the big thing coming out of the the show was the gasp that everybody heard uh, in Indianapolis at the breakfast and of course uh, Barstool Brandon. And all these other people take to Twitter and said, did you see that response? Michigan's scared of Alabama. No, Michigan couldn't believe that FSU got yeah. got got uh, held out. That's what, That's what I took from for. it as well. Like, they they were just once, shocked as, as everybody else not in the SEC country. Once the dust settled, they started clapping. Because it, all the nonsense aside, you have two storied programs in the most hallowed uh, stadium Rose in all of college football. Unbelievable place to play. It's, it's a storybook setting. Yeah. They should have the, of the all whole the championship at the Rose Bowl. Like, playing it's it at Energy place. In, in Houston is oh. stupid. But, but yeah, uh, who wouldn't want that? Houston's and, one of the worst cities in the world. Not the world, America. And, <laughs> and then when you look at it, Michigan might have the advantage with very anti-Houston here. I think Michigan will travel more than Alabama. I think they'll have an advantage, you know, with with uh, people in the stadium. So, um, I there's this is a lot like the Ohio State game. I, I think there's there's things that Michigan can do better than Alabama, and vice versa. You know, there again, Milrow, but. Look at what they played in Auburn. Look at how they played in Auburn. Mm -hmm. um, 
will that be the Auburn team we see playing Michigan? I, I, who knows? You give Saban a month. I, I don't think that'll be the case, but yeah. I, it's it's a dream matchup and, and one I cannot wait to see. And uh, by no means do I think Michigan's afraid because uh, what they've been through this season alone uh, and they've overcome, I think they'll be ready to go. Brandon, what's your preview or kind of matchup preview? Can they both lose? <laughs> that's that's fine. Like uh, that that was me last week for the SEC championship. I mean, if they can both lose, this would be the happiest day of my life. But um, no, you got you got two juggernaut coaches going at it. One is a goat. One is pretty pretty damn good. Um, he doesn't want to say it. It's a it's a good matchup. <laughs> defensively like how dare you just reduce Nick Saban to pretty damn good <laughs> oh, 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 hey, we no. go. nobody pulled your string over there. oh on, oh it's <laughs> a rat poison let's go uh no um Bama Buffetti let's go <laughs> just uh, I'm just kidding I'm, I'm kidding I'm totally kidding um it, it's gonna be a battle I really think so it, it um in all seriousness, uh, I, I think they both match up really well. I think um, it's it's going to be a defensive battle in the trenches, in my opinion. And like Tom said, there's going to be some chunk plays on either side. We've seen a little bit more out of Milrow, especially recently with that Auburn, you know, 40-yarder or whatever he threw. But um, – Oh God! Like I said, I don't. I don't, don't want to pick, pick don't a winner. Pick it. That's later in the show. I'm not picking a winner, but it's going to be a battle. Um, Michelle, one. Are you going to be in attendance? Possibly. You got to spend that lawyer money somewhere. I know. I know. Um, what um, What's your What's your preview? Just matchup wise, coaching wise. Well, I You've already thrown a shot at Nick Saban. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a shot at Brandon only. <laughs> it's all good. Um, I take shots well. I got a beard. So I actually love that it's Alabama. I love that it's Alabama because Alabama, for all its struggles this year, commands immediate respect. Yeah. And all the people, all the Michigan fans downplaying that initial reaction that was maybe suggestive either of outrage about Florida state or fear of Bama, like whatever it was, I don't, I don't care if they have an initial fear of Bama, that fear is reflective of respect and respect brings out the best in a really good team. And I think Alabama will do that to Michigan. I almost like it because I think it is going to galvanize this team even more. So I love the matchup, honestly. And in terms of what it looks like on the field, what I saw from Melrose in that Georgia game was frankly like kind of some reckless passes. And you cannot be reckless throwing the ball around Michigan. They will pick you off quickly. Uh, They have been absolutely lethal. We saw, frankly, a ball intended for Marvin Harrison Jr. get picked off and ran back to the detriment of Ohio State in that game. And well, 
Go the for first it. One, the first one was a terrible throw by Kyle McCord. It, it wasn't even close. Why is the no second one? Former Buckeye Kyle McCord. Yeah, <laughs> former. Yeah, go go on. He didn't want to stay and compete. We'll get to that. We'll so, get to that. I just I think that Milrow gets a little dangerous, and I think Michigan can take advantage of that. He is. I will give it to him. He is very <gasps> deadly with his legs, but I have a lot of confidence. In Michigan's D-line, they've been incredibly solid. They're better than Georgia's D-line, in my view. I think they can contain him more effectively. And I just really trust our secondary, especially if Will Johnson has additional time to get healthy. I think he can really make Milrow more one-dimensional. And I think that D-line can contain him. So I feel okay about that matchup. Uh, I also and maybe this is just me drinking the Kool-Aid, think that Michigan has held a lot back offensively because they can. Um, maybe that's naive, but but they continue to win. They continue to win, notwithstanding, frankly, being without their head coach for a few games. So I just, I ultimately trust Jim Harbaugh. I trust the coaching staff to to prepare adequately. And I uh, like I like that Michigan maybe is a little bit afraid of Alabama. That doesn't, Concern me. I like it. Michelle, you made you brought up a great point that I want to just hit on just from my personal experience for, from a I gotta bring Tennessee into the show, of course. But no, like these are, you know, we're a little older than the college kids are now, but like these are players that are 18 to 22. Their entire life they have seen Alabama being extremely dominate dominating. And so yeah, there could be a little bit of hesitation. And if this game was played this weekend, maybe Alabama does have an advantage because of that mental thing. But once you get these three, four weeks to watch film and you start to see, hey, they're beatable, there's the weaknesses, you can break them down, you can show where they're weak, they become more human and beatable. You know, when Tennessee beat Alabama last year, uh, no student at UT remembered the last time Tennessee beat Alabama. It was 16 years. They were two, you know, and so there has been that allure of Alabama. And so I do think the gap really does help Michigan get prepared for this game. Yeah. I don't think Um, Michigan's been holding out necessarily. We did see a few trick plays during the big game. They were so effective too. (laughs) No, but we did, did we, we didn't see crap in the Iowa game. Well, to be well, fair, no, they Iowa. didn't need to, but they didn't have no, to. It's I mean, Iowa. Stop, I mean, once, once you get, you could have played quarterback. three against Iowa. It's over. You could have played quarterback. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could have kicked a field goal, and it was it was game over. Yeah. Well, they even said that that uh, Turner had the game winning field goal with like uh, three or four minutes into the game. I thought that was funny. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Side note. Kirk Ferenz is—he's mediocre at his job, and he has had it forever. It's—it's it's unbelievable. So here's a side note. I want to—I want to throw in. Yeah. So this whole like Washington, Oregon, big fiasco, right? Coming into the end, right? One of them's going to get. It sucks for us because Michigan and Ohio State are on the same side. Like that game, even if we play at the end of the year, we would both be going to the repeat you know, Big Ten Championship again yep. and see who plays. And then, you know, we go from there. 
that's a huge disadvantage for the Big Ten because the two best teams are on the same side, which oh, won't so happen next year. But it's going divisionless. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good idea. So it's it, it's going to be a good that's idea a because idea. it's going to be great we're going to play at the end of the year and then we're going to play again uh, a week later. <laughs> it's it's exactly mm-hmm. what's going to happen. I mean, am I wrong? We're going to play twice, right? I re- good well, chance. I don't know. We, we Who have else is good? new participants in the Big Ten next year. I don't know if you've <laughs> Oregon and Washington. Mm. And, what if uh, a few of those teams no. kind of USC, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, that's – I mean hey, – I mean, It's is, still going to be hey, Ohio State is that, is that the most Ohio State statement you guys have ever heard? Just assuming they're going to be one or two and then one or two again? I'm actually not confident of that. So I, I'm happy divisions are going away because as a college football fan first and a Michigan fan second, I do think you just get always a trash conference championship game with the current format. Well, Big Ten but, does. The big the SEC championship game. With ours, with like yeah. our divisions, like because the East is so loaded – like Penn State could have won that big. Penn State effectively did win that game with a shutout as well. Sure. <laughs> so you do get like a, a super trash conference championship game, but oh, I talk sorry. a lot about what it will look like next year and the possibility of a rematch. And honestly, the I think the most interesting thing about the Pac-12 teams joining the Big Ten is that it really does mix it up. Like, I don't think we are not, we are going to live in a world next year where it's just going to be assumed Michigan, Ohio state, Penn state. I do think, especially next year, Washington, Oregon, USC are gonna cause some people to trip up a little bit. I just don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I don't don't disagree with that. I, I think I think there's going to be somewhat of a transitional year for them as well in recruiting, um, moving to the Big Ten, getting out of the West Side. I think that's going to be a, a little bit of a transition, but and defense, I I, like defense. Uh, yeah, playing defense. Yeah, exactly. Not scoring, you know, forty-five to thirty-five every every game. But it's going to be fun to see. But it's still going to be Michigan and Ohio State. If if I was the Big Ten, because it's Just now a, sorry, Raj. because it's a national conference or nationwide conference now, I would do what they do with these conference challenges in basketball: is like predict what's going to happen and change the divisions every year, and just say, all right, let's let's see if we can balance them out and then play. Because I agree, Brandon. If it is, let's say it is Michigan, Ohio State, or Oregon, Washington. If you play the last week of the season, you have a rematch. They're, they don't. They don't want a third game in the playoffs. And right. So, well, and that rematch in the Big Ten championship changes things. Then you yeah. get to make it to the Big Ten championship because you only you know lost one game or whatever. Uh, but regardless. All right, we're we're off topic. We're off topic. Let's talk know, about yeah. Wa- Washington and Texas. Uh, Michelle, what what is your not picking it yet? But what what's your feel of this matchup? You have 
an old Washington coach going against his old team and Steve Sarkeesian going against Washington. little hatred there. What do you think? I think Texas is a more complete team than Washington. So Washington is really good at passing and catching and their defense has not been terrific. Uh, I think Texas's defense is better than Washington's, especially his passing defense. I, I just, I, I think Texas being the more complete team, the more balanced team offensively. Although I said that about Oregon, honestly, and I looked foolish. <laughs> oh, I was a big Oregon. Yeah, statistically, had better defense, better run game, like about equal passing game to Washington. And Washington just figured out how to get it done. So on paper, I guess I like Texas, but Washington continues to find a way. Yeah. Brandon, the committee had a choice to give Washington or Michigan the one seed. One seed goes to closest to home. Washington would have been in the Rose Bowl. They gave them the two seed, sending them to New Orleans. I expect it to be a Texas home field advantage. For sure. Um, how much does that play into, well, one, the committee's decision. Also, uh, does that lead you to favor Texas? I haven't seen the line. I didn't look at it, um, but I would assume when you get that kind of an advantage, it's it's about a three point advantage. If I'm thinking correctly, um, so yeah, uh, Texas has has so been the good line is a, Texas minus four and a half. Just FYI, so so they're they're one and a half point favorite uh, in my yeah. eyes, um, and. You know, I, I've doubted Washington just like Michelle. <laughs> like, I thought Oregon was the real deal. I thought that it was a fluke that they lost the first time. I thought their offense was too powerful for Washington to hold. And they, I mean, just kicked them right in the mouth, dude. It, it was – I did not expect that game. So, uh, I'm going to go against Washington again because I'm an idiot and I'm going to – I think Texas here, Quinn Ewers should have been a Buckeye, uh, <laughs> was a Buckeye, and uh, I think he's playing too well right now. Um, all right, Tom, what do you think? What do you, what do you, where are you leaning right now, the matchup wise, coaching wise? How does it shape out? If you've got reaction on what do you think happens? Well, I think on, on paper, uh, you, you give the advantage to Texas. Uh, home field advantage you give to Texas. But I think what we did see last Friday was a, was a team in Washington that had no respect. And not only did they start out uh, an eight-and-a-half-point underdog, it ended up at 10 before kickoff. And if that's not motivating to get your team going, I, I don't know what is. Um They've, they've kind of gotten past every hurdle that they've faced. So offensively, I think this is a really good matchup. Both teams uh, go downfield quick um, with uh, former Michigan uh, receiver Xavier Worthy. They got Sanders. They got big receivers. And Ewers has, has a big arm and get them down, get down there. Uh, Washington has the, the, the best 
uh, receiver in college football uh, in Roma Dunze. Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> uh, so I oh, think yeah. uh, offense, offensively, um, this thing is evenly matched. Defensively is where we're going to come into play. Uh, those big boys in the Big 12, which will be in the SEC next year, they're a little different breed. Uh, I think they'll be able to get to Penix. He's going to have to utilize his legs a little bit more. So I, I, I think based upon more of a defensive size and speed, Texas might have the advantage. But uh, uh, if you're a betting person, uh, I would highly go for the uh, over in this one because I think it's going to be fireworks for that game. Um, I like it. I like it. Uh, just briefly, uh, just what, what's the what's – the, we talked about the playoff. What's the bowl game besides the – Final four, the playoff. Are you looking forward to most, Tom? Oh man! Uh, well, clearly, <laughs> besides besides uh, the the final four, yeah. Um, uh, well, I'm looking at them now. Um, well, the one I don't want to watch is Iowa Tennessee. I think that's going to be a big snooze. If someone was asking um, asking if I'm going to that game, I'm like, hell no, I'm not flying to Orlando to go watch Iowa I, and Tennessee play. I think I think uh, the Peach Bowl right yeah. here, Ole Miss and, and and Penn State. These are two teams that are always not good enough in their conferences. So. I think it's an opportunity for both coaches that fall short uh, with James Franklin clearly is falls short all the time. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I, I think this is an opportunity for, for them to get kind of a, a one leg up in next season. So I think that's probably one bowl game or uh, I'm going to maybe go with the, the Alamo bowl. Uh, although uh, Gabriel uh, is not playing um, for Oklahoma. So He's in the portal, but um, I love what what Arizona's done this year. I think, I think, uh, you know, the sky's the limit for what Jed Fish can do there. So that that could be a, a huge opportunity for them. Yeah, mine, mine's a toss up between the Cotton Bowl, Missouri, and Ohio State, and the Peach Bowl, Mississippi and Penn State. Those are going to both be great games, Michelle. Yeah, I'm super curious to see Missouri versus Ohio State as well. Missouri is a team that has overperformed this year mm-hmm. by a mile. And I think they have a lot to prove. I Missouri's and, favored one and a half. I mean, I'm super curious to get your thoughts on this as an Ohio State fan. So <laughs> I feel like Ohio State is probably going to have quite a few opt-outs. We've already seen... A fair number of guys hit the portal. Like, if Ohio State brings its B game, which I think a lot of teams do in bowl situations. Sure. Do you think they still can beat Missouri? Because Missouri will absolutely want to claim victory over Ohio State. You know they will. Oh, yeah, for sure. So are you Um, all nervous? Do you think Ohio State fans... No, I'm I'm actually out here are gonna like disregard it as like we weren't trying. I'm just I'm so fascinated from an Ohio State fan's perspective what this bowl game means to you. So it this is like a preseason game of like next men up kind of deal because there are gonna be some opt-outs and certain positions and hitting the portals and you know all these other players. So 
Next man up. Let's see how deep the recruiting goes. Um, are these kids, you know, prepared, ready? Can they can they start day one next year? And that's what I'm looking forward to to see. Um, and they're going to be excited about that. You know, these kids that haven't started, they're they're going to love it. it it's full time game competition, um, big stage. So yeah, I'm anxious to see. Now, am I expecting a whole lot? I mean, a little bit because it uh, it is Ohio State, and we we are next man up, and we do have those players that can step up and come out of nowhere, no name, and just show up and and play really good. Um, there's some five star wide receivers, uh, quarterback situation. Who's you know, your- we got. Devin Brown or Lincoln, you know, it's it's going to be kind of a mix between them. Obviously, McCord is going to opt out. He's he's in the transfer portal. Uh, I don't see Harrison playing. I, even in, in, in Mecca and Buka, I don't see him playing in this game. Um, and Fleming is not playing. Like he's he's no. in the transfer portal. Right. Yeah, no, he's in the portal. third best receiver easily, and yeah. he's out. He was he what got overshadowed. So Fleming was our best blocking wide receiver this year. Uh, unfortunately for him, that was just his role. And and Tate actually kind of outshadowed him a little bit this year. And it, I think that kind of pissed him off um, because most of the plays that he was in and called on, he was blocking. And now he was a five-star recruit in 2020. He was, you know, one of the top recruits and and wide receiver coming out. And he just, I mean, he's had like 78 catches and, you know, a couple touchdowns. He just hasn't been very productive on the receiving end, more of a blocking receiver. And that's just not his role. It's not what he wants to be. And, Look, more power to him. Go get, go somewhere. Go. I mean, there, there's literally six five stars sitting behind you, ready to start. So, I, I'll, I'll, I will push back, Brandon. I think this is a huge game for Ryan Day because perception becomes reality. You've lost to Michigan three in a row. You lose this game with all the people in the transfer portal. Are the wheels starting to fall off? No, the, the wills are already talking look, Columbus. Let, you can stir up all you want, Robbie. The, I, this is I, I, we're looking ahead to next year at this point. I, I'm telling can you, you lose like, it. I guess I, I listen love next year. Talking. Next year is Ryan Day's year. Like, if he doesn't win next year against the team up north, right, that's right. it. He's but done. The, these are the wills starting. To the, this off. is a this is a formality at this point. It is like let's try out some players and let's throw them out there. Like, who cares about playing Missouri in a freaking bowl game? Nobody. Hold on a second. The casuals care. Like, the casuals who don't understand the bowl dynamics see Ohio State lose to Missouri in the Peach Bowl, which is not like a joke bowl, right? It's not the like ReliaQuest bowl. Pop tarts bowl. And to your point, Michelle, <laughs> most people probably think M- Missouri's a seven and five team. Right, exactly. Like if you haven't yeah. been paying attention to college football, you right. don't know how good Missouri is. You just mm-hmm. think they're like the you're right. 
of the SEC. Yeah, you're 100% right. Ohio State loses to the caboose of the SEC. And all of then they're like, oh, the Big Ten is terrible and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Missouri Missouri has a – But the real people uh, understand this is stupid, right? Hey, there's far more casual fans than there are hardcore fans that look at things. Let's talk about the portal, though. Uh, Michelle, you wanted to bring it up. Let, let's. What, what are you? What? What? What are your thoughts about this? Not not only this stage of college football, but this year specifically in college football. So I have been delighted by the portal chaos so far. <laughs> in part because <laughs> exit stage left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we've got him flustered. He's going to check. He's going to. He's going to. He just went to go write a donation to the Keep Brian Day Fund. No, I took. I took a drink of the wrong. Went sure, down the wrong I, think, pipe I think my comment is what went down mm-hmm. the wrong pipe there. It'll be on TikTok, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Look for that on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> if you remember my question, no, no one knows. Um, I think. So I, I posed this question earlier, and I, I remain genuinely curious about whether or not there is a benefit to being in the college football playoff, aside from just the success of the program, and that your players are not announcing for the portal yet, right? So like Michigan, nobody's announcing for the portal because they're going to the playoff. But Michigan, for sure, will have people who portal this year. We know that. And I think Ohio yeah. State is at a little bit of a championship disadvantage. ring. You got you got to stay around for it. Ohio State is a, at a bit of a disadvantage right now in the portal conversations because you're seeing some really big names hit the portal, right? Chip Trainum just hit the portal today. Kyle McCord hit the portal, and it makes you wonder. And if if I'm a portal player and I'm watching Ohio State shed a fair number of its starters, like big name starters, right? Julian Fleming as well. You just you, you have to ask yourself, is there something going on? And even if it, it's not that, even if it's something else, I don't know. I think it's a problem. But I, lo- I love the chaos right now. I will not love it after Michigan <laughs> season ends and some Michigan players hit the portal. But but for now, it's but really Michigan's hit Michigan's re- recruited the portal very well. Oh, Michigan has um, has so. absolutely who's, who's, strategically cleaned up in the portal. Who's the five star that's looking at Michigan? The five star quarterback that's looking at Michigan right now? Dante Moore. He's a, oh, Dante Moore. Yeah. So Dante Moore, um, father's a huge Michigan fan. The Detroit kid went to King, um, was recruited by Matt Weiss. And wow. Word on the street, he botched the recruitment. Um, and that is why he ended up at Oregon, which ultimately ended up at UCLA. So uh, all indications are, uh, A, he's homesick, and B, Michigan is at the top of his uh, list. So which begs me to wonder, uh, there was grumblings that J.J. might come back next year. If they go after Dante Moore, there's no way uh, J.J. McCarthy comes back. Uh, and then on the flip side of that, you have uh, Jaden Davis out of North Carolina, a four-star quarterback that has been as advertised. Um, oh, he's a five-star now? Um, I think he is. Preseason, pre-season he was four. Um, but what's going to happen with him? Because I think one thing we're starting to see with this transfer portal is um, these kids want to come in and they want to play right away. 
And if there's somebody uh, with the likes of Dante Moore uh, sitting there with, don't forget about Alex Orgy, who has been used in the offense the so last good. couple of games, so good. which is which is interesting to me. Um, so uh, how is that going to pan? And that goes for any any school with these high school recruits. I think the transfer portal has changed how you recruit in high school because it's no guarantee that, you know, you got a verbal as a junior and, oh, you're going to Michigan. Now this kid, uh, five-star from two years ago, is going to transfer to Michigan. I, I, I might want to think about going somewhere else that, that allows me to play right away. So uh, it's it's a chess game now. It really is a chess game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it it's wild. And I, I heard a, a comment this morning on one of the uh, – I believe it was uh, Mad Dog Radio on uh, Sirius XM. They said uh, you can eliminate the name and amateurism in in college football because it doesn't exist now. These kids are bartering for uh, the best deals. <laughs> Who's going to give me more money? Who's going to provide for my family? That's where I'll go, and it, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Well, and and it's position by position, right? So, like, if you're saying, and you're right about the chess game, like, oh, if my dream school is say south carolina and i want to go there and play football or i want to play quarterback well hey you you can't play right away go somewhere for a year or two get your reps and then transfer here and but like running backs the opposite right like nick saban has for years has sold alabama running backs on you don't want to get hit very much you can't go to pro to pros till three years removed come to alabama just wait you'll get your year get your nfl so it does very much vary on position. Brandon, uh, Ohio State has been the uh, a little punching bag here these, this last couple last couple of minutes. Uh, Ooh, Brandon, been, you guys have been hit with the transfer portal pretty hard. Hey, I can take it. I got I got a strong uh, chin. First off, you, Tom, because you have your radio beer. station, Mad Dog, sounds made up. So I don't yeah. even want to hear. Oh, it is not. Any, it is not anything from you've them. Never, you've never heard um, of Mad Dog Radio? So that that just sounds like something you wrote down as a child. It's um, Mad Dog Radio. No, it's uh, we're not going to go there. Uh, and the the reason we're having so many transfers is because hey, we, we have so many five stars. stars. Well, we need just... to start sourcing Tom's made up radio station. <laughs> that that is headline one. Um, the reason we have so You'll many see. transfers in the portal, there's two reasons actually. I'm gonna, it's a two part answer here. The first part, when you have so many five stars, they're unlike Saban, some of them don't want to wait. And this is only the second year in the portal, right? And now they're finding out, hey, we can go make a million dollars over here at Florida State and we never make it to a playoff and blah, blah, blah. You know, we can do that. Um, and then there's the Ryan Day effect, which he's on a, on a thin line, right? Obviously, the media is blowing him up. All you Michigan fans are blowing him up. Ryan Day, he's, he's transferring out. He's going out. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. That's a, the, his job's online next year for sure. <laughs> so look, there, there's there's one thing in the contract at Ohio State. It doesn't matter if you win a national championship. You got to beat the team up north. And if you don't do that, if this if this goes four years, I mean, I'm not I'm not calling for him to be fired yet. Look, Jim Harbaugh lost to Urban what three years straight. Before he won seven, 
Wait, or no, Urban won seven years. Year Urban four. won seven straight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, we're still technically up, but you know, that's a formality. We're not going to go there. But uh, Ryan Day's he's on the hot seat for sure. And but transfer portal, it's all crazy. This is no one's ever seen this before, and this is actually the first year of the. You know, tippy toe. Last year was kind of tippy toe because it was all new. Everyone's just like, "Should I? Should I put in the portal? Should I not?" You know, that kind of move. Now it's like I can go make a million dollars over here at you know South Carolina Hair and Nail Texas College, whatever. <laughs> and you know, they're they're going to go start quarterback over there and make a million dollars. And you know, I would transfer over there too if I'm sitting behind you know JJ McCarthy and can't play you just over there stealing signs on the side and, you know, <laughs> doing all that <laughs> i mean i'm just i'm a kid i can't according, according to high hog radio in arkansas uh jim trestle has <laughs> been seen in columbus ready to come take back over the rain hey. there Mad you go Tom. guys there it is there it is tom just made that on carvana right now like 30 <laughs> seconds ago <laughs> Uh, he he literally dog. just made that. <laughs> that was not a true station. I don't even hey, know what he's Hey, hey, Tom, Tom should start Lost Dog Radio 16 <laughs> weeks in the wilderness. Uh, hey, hey. It's a, it's, a, it's a success story. It's it a happy a success ending. Story. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Uh, sorry, uh, Michelle. We're, we're getting retired. All right. So uh, before we end up here tonight, we – uh, so no official bet your nuts seg segment this week because we're going to do a bowl preview uh, s show and the college basketball is infuriating with their lines. So what we're going to do is right now, where are you guys leaning? Um, Michigan versus Alabama. UM opened at minus two and a half. It's been bet down to minus one and a half for Michigan over under 45 and a half. I think you guys know where I land on this. I'm going to Alabama. Um, I think the defenses are both overly aggressive and I think big plays get played. I like <clears throat> right now. I like Alabama plus one and a half and the over Tom. Well, like I said, two weeks ago, my X factor is Mikey Sammer still and this guy this guy, in, in a matter of one season, went from uh, maybe a, an invite to a training camp to potential first-round draft pick. Um, his, his production at, is he a corner? Is he a hybrid safety? Whatever he is, he's a ball hawk. I, I think he could be the X factor. Uh, I like Michigan to come in here and um, – Kind of, even though they're the, the one seed, I, th I think they're going to uh, spoil a lot of people in the SEC on New Year's Day. Uh, Michelle? A surprise. I like Michigan. Uh, I also I'll, like I'll be y'all's bookie, by the way. Okay. All right. All right. Bet. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the kids are saying, right? <laughs> I understand from, from Jim Harbaugh that it means bring – Bringing everyone together. Bringing everyone together. 
That's what he. That's what he said after. Oh. Bet. Bet. <laughs> He's such a quirky dude. No, I like the. I like the under. I think it's actually going to be pretty hard. Michigan has the best defense in the country, in my view. Alabama is not far behind. I think Michigan is going to be pretty successful at containing Milrow, knock on wood. And Michigan has shown us already that they can really slow the pace of play as needed, score only as much as they have to. So I think the under is a pretty safe bet here. Well, you have picked up quickly on how to make money. Bet the exact opposite of what I bet. Fading, um, fading. Yes. Uh, Brandon, what do you like? I like the uh, prop bet of them showing Jim Harbaugh's face over three and a half times. Uh, that's my bet. <laughs> that's a safe bet. And with with a oops, I crap my pants look on yeah. it too. So. <laughs> Um, that's a that's a guarantee washington versus texas texas minus four and a half over under 62 and a half brandon what do you like there Mm, i like texas i'm leaning texas i know we washington just always surprises you you know Penix is great I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna lean over and not pick a side. I'm gonna go over. All right, Tom. I think Penix's experience uh, is the difference in this game and his escapability. Um, Roma Dunze, like I said earlier, is uh, numbers wise uh, had probably the best season as a wide receiver, um, and and just seeing how they they came out. That game, I mean, right off the jump, uh, Washington took control. Um, I I don't know if that's the case in this situation, but I do see Penix is going to put his head in that that compartment, wherever he's doing, uh, on the sidelines. And uh, I don't know if it's pumping him oxygen or whatnot, but I I think his experience comes into play. And I like like Washington maybe by a field goal. going to be a real close game back and forth. Uh, and I agree with with Brandon. Give me the over. This this thing could be a shootout. All right, Michelle. All right. I just think we need the NCAA to investigate whatever is going on and that little hood that Penix <laughs> is putting his head in. What is in there? It's weird. It's, <laughs> it's so like, weird. It's like it's it like the so spray weird. at yeah. the World Cup, like the little soccer spray they have. I don't know what it is. I think it's an investigation. Just saying because they keep feeding the spread. Uh, no, I actually really like Washington, notwithstanding the fact that I do think Texas is a more complete team. Washington just continues to find a way to win games. Yeah. And their I, defense is surprisingly like good. Well, it's not like, a surprise to me. I thought preseason they looked like they were going to be the best defense in the Pac 12. I don't think they were. I think Oregon was actually a better defense. But Washington played enough defense to somehow beat Oregon two times. I think they continue on that streak. I honestly think they're sort of this year's TCU. They both wear purple. They both have been in a lot of close games with inferior opponents. And I think they keep that weird purple streak alive and beat Texas. (laughs) 
Uh, I, I, oh, so you're going money line. I'm, I would go Washington money line. Um, I tend to agree with you, Michelle, which is dangerous for your behalf. Ah! Uh, I think <laughs> Steve Starkeesian, he has that Lane Kiffin, James Franklin vibe to me. I just can't trust him in a big game. He's snark, it's like a yeah, and so I just. <laughs> He's going to have to win both of these for me to get that stench off of him. So I, I'm going Washington. Uh, I'll take take the points for sure, but I think they're going to win also. All right, so this would be a real-life bet. This is called the Iowa NFL Special. Tomorrow night, Patriots at Pittsburgh over oh. under 30 points for an NFL game. Are you guys going over or under? Over. Over. Tom, you're under. Brandon. I'm taking under. It's the over. lowest. It's the lowest they've had in, in three decades. The lowest over under. This this is yeah. They're they're wanting you to bet the over. It's gonna be under, but I'm Amazon needs over. to call and get a refund for some of that billion dollars they're paying a year for this game. Mm. Um oh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna under go under, I guess, but I don't yeah, under. Special. U-G-L-Y. Oh. <laughs> All right. Final thoughts before we round up. Um, final words. Not final thoughts. Final words. Final word. Words final matter. Word. Uh, Brandon, we'll start with you. Um, I wish Alabama and Michigan could both lose in this college football playoff, but they can't. Uh, that being said, just this whole fiasco. I would not like to see Alabama win. Mm. He just can't say it. Mm-mm. That's all I got. Can't say I can't, all right. I can't say anything else. Uh, Tom, what about you? Uh, I've, I've got a little bone to pick with the NCAA. Uh, last night they uh, handed out the Broyles Award. And it went to uh, the Iowa defensive coordinator, Phil Parker. Now, I don't want to take anything away from what Phil Parker has been accomplished at Iowa. His defense was ridiculous. And it's been top 15, you know, years and years and years. So uh, I don't want to take anything away from him. But there was an assistant coach that just so happened to be thrown in the, uh, the reins of interim head coach right here in Ann Arbor, and the name is Jerome Moore, who the two biggest games of the season, he was head coach, OC, and offensive line coach. And he got the job done, not to mention the two games that he had coached earlier in the season. So 5-0 and as an interim head coach. If that doesn't qualify you for the Broyles Award, I don't know what does. But so my, my final words are – NCAA, you just keep making yourself look worse and worse. And we all know who the award winner is. But kudos to, to uh, Phil Parker. He does a great job. Michelle and I bared witness to that uh, last week in the Big Ten Championship game because they stuffed our run game, but they still got it wrong. Um, well said. And, and how many co- games did he coach versus how many Harbaugh actually coached? Harbaugh coached six. How many did he coach? 
Yeah, yeah, pretty damn impressive. Ohio um, State might be recruiting him after Ron Day's departure next year. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Rabel, um, my final word are, I be mad at um, you know, everyone complains that there's too many bowl games. I disagree. I like them. I, it's something to throw on TV through this holiday season and uh, gamble on. And so – I'm one of those. Bring on the bowls. Let the kids have fun. Let them play. And so I enjoy bowl season, and I love this overlap between college basketball and college football. So good time of the year moving forward. Uh, Michelle, thanks for coming, and we'll let you have the final words. I have three quick final thoughts. First, the Chewy family is a fraud. (laughs) Two, Florida State got screwed. Three, if Michigan was without Mikey Sanristil by the college football playoff committee's criteria, Michigan should be disqualified. Those are my final thoughts. Do you want to expand on the Tui family? Because we were talking pre-show. We're, we're, we're a little out of the loop on that. You don't have to. Is it? Uh... I would love to. I would love to. If I, if I could just have 45 seconds. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That the Tui family admitted in a filed document this week that they entered into a conservatorship with Michael Orr so that they could circumvent the NCAA's rules on providing lodging, food, benefits to by from a booster to a recruit, which was Michael Orr. They never explained why they didn't formally adopt him, even though you'll know this, Robbie, perhaps as a lawyer in Tennessee, even though in Tennessee it is easier to enter into an adoption arrangement with an adult than it is to enter into a conservatorship arrangement it's with an adult. Extremely more easy. Yeah, like And yet they told him they were adopting him. They didn't. Instead, they chose a conservatorship format, which is legally more difficult. <laughs> and basically went around the country peddling the lie that they had legally adopted him. It was on their website. It was in every speech they gave. He's our adopted son. He's our adopted son. When the whole time they were just in a conservatorship arrangement with him. It's bananas. And the the only reason they formalized the legal in the first place was to skirt the NCAA rules prohibiting boosters from providing benefits to college athletes. And right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to recklessly speculate here because it had to be an agreed upon conservatorship because no doctor would say he needed a conservatorship. So they probably gave him the papers like saying, this is your adoption paperwork. And it was really a conservatorship. Sign here. Yes. Yeah. Dirty. Yes. Dirty. Yeah, that's, that's so – it makes me not even want to watch that movie. Like, I love that movie. It I love great. it too. Everybody and now it. I don't even want to watch it because it's it's such so, bullshit. So, Michelle, what's the latest in that case? Are, are they... So the latest in that case, because I've, I've now gone all the way deep into the rabbit hole of the Shelby County Probate Court docket. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the latest is there is currently a motion for a preliminary injunction pending Michael Orr filed it. The Tui family has officially responded. The motion is about whether the Tui family can continue 
to talk about Michael Orr or whether or not their continued discussion of him and specifically their continued promulgation of the narrative that he was adopted violates a Tennessee statute prohibiting the commercial use of another person's name, image, and likeness. Mm. That's, we got, that's we a got lot some, we got wrapped some up in there. music law going on and some NFL law <laughs> and some family. So, this so deep into it. So deep into it. Yes. So, hey, let, why don't you text us or tweet? We could do like a little emergency, you know, update or something like 20 minutes or something. If something big breaks or whatever. Oh, my gosh. It's fresh. Right, hey, Raj, Raj is alive. You, you just showed up right after our final thoughts. So what we, are your final thoughts? Yeah. I was just listening to the 2E4 uh, discussion after Michelle, and I was praying to God you didn't ask me a question after that. Uh, she, well, you weren't on here until just now. <laughs> well, even if I were, I was like, Todd... Tom, don't go to me because she just absolutely destroyed that one and she nailed it per usual. Uh, are we talking legal stuff? Um, quickly, I thought it was interesting and we'll take Michelle and Rob's take on this that one of the most interesting bowl matchups were uh, both, you know, it's stupid rule when two schools come up uh, from the FCS, they got to wait two years to be in their conference title game and get into a bowl. James this year, James. James Madison and Jacksonville State, which is also called the Gamecocks. They're also called the Gamecocks, which there should only be one of those. I mean, that's just – it's weird. But, um, yeah, it, but Jacksonville State, um, you know, legally speaking, they were what? No, James Madison, rather. The Dukes were 10-0, and 0, and they were threatening legal action. Uh, even uh, going as far as to say, you know, it's – I mean, an antitrust uh, was thrown out there by the Virginia Attorney General. And Michelle, Rob, could you guys explain what they meant by that? Now, they dropped it after they lost a game to Appy State, and they realized they were getting in uh, regardless. But what did they mean by that for you two? And how does that relate at all, or does it, to Florida State? So I'll take a stab at it first. I obviously don't practice antitrust law, but this is what I remember from law school and kind of just, so it's, it's almost impossible in those people scenario to have an antitrust lawsuit because the NCAA is one entity bowls are their own individual entities. And so the bowls invite people. Now they have relationships with conferences, but the bowls can't conspire with the NCAA to keep people in and out. And also James Madison, Jackson, they accepted the rules when they grad, when they transferred divisions. So essentially you're saying, I agree to the, these rules. Well, now a year later, I don't agree to them because we're good. <laughs> and so it's just kind of this like, oh, I agree to pay my credit card debt. And then, well, until I accumulate the debt now, I'm like, yeah, actually, that's no good. And so there's just too many moving entities and too many parts for there to be an antitrust collusion in order to keep them out. Now, they could go and say, hey, we're going to play each other in our make-believe bowl or whatever it wants to be. They could do that and call it what they want. It's just there's no 
TV network. There's no TV contract. And that's why they're not doing it because it's not profitable. And by the way, most of these teams lose money on bowl games. I feel like I Michelle's think, about to blow this up. Like, well, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I just Googled this and Google says they're playing Air Force in a bowl game. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. like they basically didn't have enough teams. So they both were allowed and they needed one more team. And Minnesota at five and seven was the team that got in. Uh, yeah, yeah, it looks like they are going to play in a bowl game. Um, so, James Madison well, is or Jacksonville State? Both no. are. It, they were last second editions because teams were needed. So they dropped that suit. But I was just asking in theory about that suit and could it apply yeah. in any way to play? So the NCAA is under a lot of antitrust heat. I really hope they've retained the best antitrust lawyers available to them because there are threats all around. Mm. Um, I do think it was the anti-competitive nature generally of excluding them on the basis of that rule that was probably going to prompt that antitrust suit. Um, there's another antitrust suit pending in the District of Colorado right now against the NCAA mm. for excluding players from participating in revenue from media rights. Um, I actually plan to attend that scheduling conference live in person in Ooh. January. <laughs> Something mm. calendar. So, so tell us you're a nerd without telling us you're a nerd. That's outstanding. Special nerd. That's why every, I'm sure it's going to be like a packed courtroom, right? I'm sure I'll be like one of, you know, 200 people who are at that scheduling conference. Right. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Well, you'll have to come on and and and, and talk about what I'd you be delighted to do. What you learned from that. Sure. Absolutely. All um, right. Well, well final uh, words. Final words. Final words. Ross, yeah. you got any final words as you checked in at the last minute? Uh, just quickly. You know, I think we discussed the Heisman. Well, I'm sure. And uh, <laughs> we did. Oh, you didn't. No. Nope. Well. Uh, I hate Bo Nix uh, because I hate Oregon and I hate dudes with frosted tips, especially in 2020. Coming in with anger. And, and you don't uh, like you don't like tattooed white quarterbacks either. No, especially on their arms. <laughs> like there's just something about it when they're tatted up on their arms or sleeve. Like they usually, you know, like Will Levis and Tate Martell. What was the Kelly dude from uh, Old Miss or what? What was that dude's name? Um, you mean Matt Moore or uh No, um, he got hurt uh, in a bowl game. Yeah. Oh Matt, Matt, oh, Matt. no. Matt Matt Carell. Matt, Matt Carell. Matt Carell. I love Matt yeah. Carell. Matt Carell was from Long Beach Poly, by the way. So he uh he ended up transferring, but he uh he was confused ethnically, let's put it that way. Polly's were like Snoop Dogg, and I'm not inferring anything else from that, but he I've sucks. been to a Long Beach Poly uh, game, by the way. Oh, for real? Where at? At Long Beach Poly. I went when they played <laughs> Notre Dame High School. Oh, well, I guess that would make sense. Yeah, it's... Uh, they were I, I, I've been to Disney World before. Where'd you no, go? They, Disney World. You jack off. They're, uh, they have all these showcases now where these teams travel across the country. No, this was but a anyways. matchup. Notre Dame High School. It, you, it actually included... Hold on a second. This is important. Giancarlo Stanton was the quarterback. Oh, wow. Dude. Nice. Yeah. And 
So you're you know, dating he, yourself a little bit there. I am a little bit. Mike Stanton, you Stanton, mean? Mikey, he was Mikey then. Yeah, now he's Mike Giancarlo. Giancarlo. And then Wes Horton and Shane Horton were on that team. Both eventually yeah. went to USC. USC, yeah. And Wes Horton I, went to the pros for a while. I was the girlfriend of their cousin, and that's why I was there. Oh, now <laughs> it comes out. Ooh. You're, uh, okay, I get it now. But, no. yes, talented teams. I remember back in the day, they were the, uh, the Jackrabbits. But, anyways, I was talking about uh, quickly Heisman, and I don't like Bo Nix. And one stat I read and I'm trying to verify was ADOT, uh, average depth of target, because, you know, a lot of us call them the check down, you know, whatever. Uh, people have said different misogynistic words, but – uh, reportedly he's down around seven yards or below, which is like 193rd in the country. Um, whereas everyone else is where they should be, you know, Daniel's around 11, uh, panics much higher. Jalen Milrow was, was leading the country in that. Um, but it just, you know, kind of proves my point about the guy. Uh, he wasn't, he didn't suddenly become a great quarterback. And again, I hate him. So even though he had 40 touchdowns and three picks and six more TDs, um, screw him. And uh, let's go up. Former ASU Sun Devil Daniels. All right. That's it. All right, everyone. Thank you for watching. Raj hates Bo Nix. <laughs> and Ryan Day is getting fired. And apparently everyone hates nah. the SEC. And, uh, and Mad Dog Radio is a real station. I mean, and, it is a, and it is a high, made up high station. Hog radio, high Hog Radio. <laughs> lost Dog Radio, apparently. Yeah, lost dog, lost dog Radio. Uh, here, we, here we get all kinds of. All right. All right, guys. Until next time, everyone, be careful. Enjoy the holiday season. See you guys tomorrow night. Feel uh, like I'm. Thanks for listening to another episode of Reckless Speculation. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook. Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube searching Reckless Speculation. Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right here next week with another exciting episode of Reckless 